Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, this fella goes to the store, and he's looking around. He can't find what he's looking for, so he goes to one of the clerks, and he says, Can you, you tell me what aisle to find the, the Polish sausage? And he says, Well, are you Polish? And he says, Now, why would you ask me that? If I asked for Italian sausage, would you ask me if I was Italian? He said, Probably not. He said, If I asked you for something kosher, would you ask me if I was Jewish? No, I don't think so. If I asked you for tortillas, would you ask if I was Mexican? I don't think so. And then why would you ask me if I was Polish? He said, Because you're an ace hardware. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All the things you worry about and stress over and chase after. If you just put God first and give him the first part of your day and of everything that you are, and just seek ye first. Jesus and the righteousness that comes by faith in him and his finished work. Then he'll take care of everything else. That's the kingdom of God that we're talking about. The thing that when Jesus was raised from the dead in Acts 1-3, it says he taught them for 40 days about the kingdom of God. And so we've been talking about the kingdom of God. And how in the kingdom of God there are functioning laws. These are not the Ten Commandment laws where you do good, get good, do bad, get beat. These are spiritual laws. And whether you're aware of them or not, if you aren't aware of them, they, they may be working against you. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks and I'm going to keep mentioning this because we're learning and growing. Um, and if... If you're not in agreement or learn, have not learned how to cooperate with these laws that are there, whether you know it or not, they could harm you. Even something that God has put in place for your benefit. Yeah. Could be working against you. Or you could be working against them and not even knowing it. And nobody really wants to be working against God. They just, we just do sometimes. And, my, and he says, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. Or knowing me is what he's talking about. Amen? Amen. Psalm 103 verse 19 said, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So there it is again. His kingdom is in control. There is a kingdom of God. It's set up and it's ruling over everything. And this kingdom consists of a king his subjects and his laws, these spiritual laws we're talking about, his covenant. Don't you know there is a there is a legal contract between God and his people. And it's way better. We have a better covenant with better promises than the Jewish people did for 1,500 years. Do you know that? Some Christians, so many Christians still want to live under that old covenant. And they never even were under it, the Gentiles, you see. 
And, and this one's better anyway, with better promises. And better is just better. So you need to understand that. It also has principles that govern these laws that you can learn to cooperate with. And there are promises in that kingdom and proclamations or prophecies which determine things regarding the kingdom. So spiritual law will govern your life one way or another. But God's principles, which we just call that God's wisdom, not the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of God, can teach you how to live correctly in the context of kingdom laws. You understand what I'm saying? So that they may benefit you in every way. So that you walk in the blessings of God instead of crisis to crisis, miracle to miracle, which miracles are wonderful. We're going to talk more about miracles in the next few weeks as I get through this and get as we begin to talk about the church. What is the church? What's the church supposed to look like? What's the church supposed to do? And somebody, one of my good friend Russell was here recently. He talked about just living the life, the life wanting the, the life and the Christianity and the church of the book of Acts. Well, I'm going to teach you about that because I happen to have been um, given some great revelation regarding that from the Lord. And I feel confident that I'm going to share things with you about that that are going to be real eye-openers. Going to bless you and help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's just declare first who this, the king of our kingdom is. I think it's sort of a rhetorical question. So I'll just say that his name is Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. He died on the cross for you. He took all your sins, your sickness, your generational curses, your poverty, your shame, your judgment. On, the, on his body, on the tree. Then the father raised him from the dead because he was wrongly convicted. He was an innocent man. The devil was defeated in his own evil scheme. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And now Jesus rules and reigns forever. Amen. Glory to God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says that therefore, based on what I just told you, God has exalt, highly exalted him, exalted Jesus, our king, and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess in heaven and on earth and below the earth that Jesus is Lord. Colossians 1.13 says that he also that he, that that's God the Father, has delivered us from the darkness, the domain or the dominion or the control or power of darkness which is the kingdom that rules this world temporarily, the kingdom of Satan. So God has delivered us in Christ from the dominion of darkness and transferred us, you got a new spiritual address, amen, amen. to the kingdom of his beloved son. 
You can also call it the kingdom of light, the kingdom of heaven. Hmm? Jeremiah 33, 25 says, I have appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth. So God has put into, into effect all of the things that regulate and control the, the, the heavens and the earth and everything that you know and can see. Everything that we see has been made from things that are unseen. And God has laws in place that govern all that. Just like gravity, you know? Gravity is something that can kill you if you step off of a tall building, but really, it's put here for your benefit, isn't it? So you don't fly off into outer space. So just like that, we need to learn to cooperate with the spiritual laws that God has in place that he gave to us for our benefit. But like I said before, people are perishing. What they don't know is killing them. And he wants you to know it. People say, well, you just, God works in mysterious ways. They say all these religious things. And I can tell you, a lot of it's just nonsense. And we need to kill a bunch of those sacred cows and get off into the truth of God's word and his love and his provision for us. Amen? Amen. So some of the laws, I think I mentioned a couple last week, but there's the law of Genesis. I've been mentioning these, these laws of the kingdom, so I want to just at least mention all of them or some of them to you today. There's the law of Genesis that was established in the first book of the Bible. It just says everything produces after its own kind. Everything's in seed form. That's why I teach on the law of sowing and reaping all the time and because people think it's just about money. And Jesus said, no, if you don't understand this parable of the law of sowing and reaping, you won't understand anything I teach because the entire world and kingdom of God, everything that has life came from a seed. Amen. So, and every seed produces after its own kind or its own nature, right? I talked last week about the little apple tree that grew up next to my apple tree in the yard because an apple had fallen and the seeds went into the ground and it developed a little apple tree. Amen. I said the pear tree next to it could have tried all it, it wanted and it could have never produced that little apple tree. Amen. That's why, that's why these door knockers on Saturday mornings cannot come to your house no matter how dedicated and devoted they are and produce a Christian at your doorstep in you because they cannot reproduce what they don't have. And if they stop short of calling Jesus God, then they got to quit calling him good. That's what he said. And if he said it, that settles it. Amen. <laughs> then there's the law of purpose, folks. The law of purpose is just something that says that every created thing and every word of God has a divine purpose. And when that purpose is understood, we can cooperate with it to our benefit. When we don't understand something's purpose, we abuse it or lose its benefit. Does that make sense? I could use SEX as an example. And you see what our culture has done with that. And instead of man, uh, one man, one woman, what God had ordained as marriage to, to multiply and populate the earth, 
And see, they have perverted that and turned it into all sorts of lies and lasciviousness, and it's, it's caused lots of problems. There's a law before Congress, or Congress passed it before the Senate now, that needs to be rejected. And see, here's how the enemy plays. It just makes it look like everything's being fair. Look, just be nice. Let's just be accepting and tolerant. Remember what I told you about that last week or two. But the point is, I don't know of anyone, or, e or even any Christian especially, because we love everybody. Real Christians do. We love people, and we see them separate from any sin that they commit. The world doesn't get that because they, they assign their identity to that sin. We don't. We know better. They, they are deceived. That's just a fact. But what they want to do is say, listen, it's not good enough that you don't want to punish me or call it illegal for whatever I do or you don't hate me for it. Good. But I hate you for thinking that it's wrong or saying what God says about it. And so I want to make a law that says you can't say that because it hurts my feelings. And so what they're coming after, folks, is this. This pulpit, this word right here. The only truth, and the truth is, is what sets people free. The word of God is the power of God unto salvation. This is what they're after, folks, because it's the enemy that's behind it all. You have to get into the spirit and see things after the spirit. Otherwise, you'll just go along and say, yeah, you know. We're called to stand for the truth. And that doesn't always mean being nice. <coughs> we're kind. We're compassionate. We're loving. But Jesus stood for the truth when it cost him his life. When all he would have had to do was just be nice. Just go along. But then you and I would still be in our sin and doomed, wouldn't we? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for standing up for the truth. I pray we can do the same. Where was I? Psalm 115, verse 16 says, creation, All of creation was designed for man. All of creation was designed for man. So everything on or in the earth is for our benefit and has or had a purpose. Well, man allowed sin to destroy our purpose in the garden. But Jesus came back to get it back for us. Thank you, Jesus. So again, the earth and everything in it was was. Created for man, before we ever had a need, God saw the entirety of the history of humankind from beginning to end, and He provided for every need we will ever have. Man's not going to destroy this earth, God is. And for us to sit on the provision that He's put in the earth for our benefit, His family, His children, and, and worship the creation over what God created to be his family is ridiculous. Now, there needs to be good stewardship, of course. There's, there's scriptures regarding that. Nevertheless, I don't want to get stuck on that. 
The law of sowing and reaping is the one that I talk about a lot. And so that's, that's the third one. It just says, whatsoever a man sows, that will he reap. And so God is not mocked. So don't, this law is going to be in place as long as uh, this earth is here. So you can't change that. Whatsoever a man sows, that also he reaps. And so that is, is one that we talk about often and we will continue to. But I'm trying to get to another one and I'll get stuck on stuff. But, and, and, but the law of sowing and reaping is not only in physical or natural terms, but it's also spiritual. So you're sowing in both the spiritual and the natural world all the time. Okay? Uh, Galatians verse 6, I mean chapter 6 verses 7 and 8 talk about that. But there are natural and spiritual consequences to all that we think. Yes. Everything that we say is in seed form. Yes. Everything that we do is in seed form. So we have to train ourselves to be positive sowers. To sow life. Amen. Amen. To sow good seed. We have to sow today what we want in our future. Because we know that there is a space between the time that we sow and the time that we reap. Because there are natural examples for all these spiritual truths. And you can go plant your garden... And if you expect to pick your squash tomorrow, if you planted the seed today, you're going to be bitterly disappointed, aren't you? And if you keep digging up that seed to see if it's grown, you're not ever going to see squash. So there's seed, time, and harvest. Hmm? So... <laughs> I, uh... Oh, man, I don't want to get off into that. I have there's just so many things the next thing and I, and I want to camp on this one for just a few minutes and we're not going to be here very long Amen. but the next one is the law of giving and receiving and, uh, and I just want to share with you today that the law of giving and receiving is not just about money. And I, um, I know that many people think that it is. And if that's how people think or how they've been taught, it's a symptom of a greater problem. I'll just leave it at that for now. But listen, love gives, love forgives. There's an action and an attitude involved. Amen? There's an action and an attitude. This law of giving and receiving is a condition. It's a heart condition. It's a condition of the heart of the believer. Giving and receiving is the very nature of the born-again believer. And it's God's nature. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave. It's out of love. He gave, and not only did he give, but he gave his best seed, his only seed, his perfect seed, 
and then he expected a harvest and he's still expecting and receiving that harvest he wanted a family god wants a big family amen and so he sowed jesus and now he's getting the harvest from that amen when we sow like I said, we're affecting the natural and the spiritual realms. You could read this and see how it applies in, in uh, Philippians, where the Philippian church, they sowed into Paul's ministry. And, uh, and 2 Timothy 2, 2, you could look. Uh, I, I can't stop. I can't stop. The key, the key is that we always want to look for ways and times to communicate our faith, which is in seed form, to others, okay? Remember what I talked about last week about, about the much fruit, how God is looking for fruit from his, his children in the form of our character, which is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and then also in reproducing after our own kind. Making other Christians. Yeah? Because we have the seed to do that. Just like my apple tree has apple seeds to produce other apple trees. So you, believers, have the seed that is required to do that. And that's what God is expecting from you. So here's the thing. Just learn and pray about just giving to others what God has given to you from his kingdom. The seed that he has handed over to you and that you have taken into the garden of your heart and allowed to take root and bear fruit. Just be giving that seed out to others because that seed has a purpose. And God's purpose is to, he's wanting a family, isn't he? A bigger family. He has you and he's so proud of you and he loves you. But he wants you to go out and help him to get more. Amen. Amen. The truth that you have is all that you need. The revelation knowledge that you have. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be a, a great theologian. Even if it's not that much yet. You have all the seed that you've received and then you just sow, you go and you sow seed with expectancy, expecting of a harvest. Amen. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't receiving because they're not sowing expecting. Huh? That's why our basket sits back there in the back, even though I get criticized for not taking up the offering. Not that I always do it that way. I might just change it up any time just to throw you off. Just like I might take this pulpit and set it up right at the other end of the building just to put some of the back row seaters up front. I don't want you to get too caught up in the religious things. But the reason the basket is in the back is because I want you to give, and this is a very giving church. I just had for the first time somebody in a fence leave the church, and I'm sad, and I'm still loving and praying for them. But they brought up their tithes. 
and it, which revealed another character flaw. And you know what happened because of this? Because they were so proud of their giving and I was proud for them. But you know what? Our giving went up, not down. Isn't God good? But I want, I want everyone to give because I love you. And I know that's God's, one of God's principles, his laws. And that's one of the principles of the law of sowing and reaping. That's how he gets funds to you. He wants, he doesn't want your money. He wants the seed that he can bless and multiply back to you hundredfold return. But I want you to sow out of revelation of his, his uh, plan for provision and out of love because 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says if we give all that we have but have not love it profits us nothing so if you're giving as a work oh I make out this tithe check hold on to it just for a minute and pray about it because God's going to show you and then you'll give and says God loves a cheerful giver you see Amen. Oh, me. So there are spiritual, natural consequences. And we want to be sowing good seed into our future. And God gave his best. So we want to always be giving with Jesus as our example. And we know he laid down his life. and said no greater love does anyone have than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Amen. So until we've gone that far, we haven't quite gone far enough. Or we haven't done anything that God would owe us anything for. Amen. Amen. All right. So we should be aiming for success. I'm still on the law of giving and receiving. But we should be aiming for success. Or what is the success regarding the, this law? It's wholeness. It's wholeness in our life, in our Christian walk. So we should be aiming for this success or wholeness regarding this law of giving and receiving in several areas. The first one is spiritual. Because without that, Jesus said in John 3, 3, he told Nicodemus when he came to him at night for fear of the Jews, he said, we believe, we know who you are. We know you're of God. He said, listen, he just cut to the chase. He said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so we have to take care of that first. That's where we need to be whole or succeeding and and we we give ourselves so how how is this fall into the area of the law of giving and receiving we give our we lay down our life we we surrender all to jesus and then we take it up again in him amen so just like jesus we sow ourselves and that's what's representative water baptism doesn't save you water baptism is an outward expression of an inner commitment and change that has already taken place and jesus asked us to do it so that's why we do it but we do it because it, it expresses what's already taken place i died and was buried with christ and now i'm raised again unto new life in him amen and i want the world to see and i'm just doing this because it probably looks foolish to the world but jesus asked me to do it and if he said it that settles it amen, amen. 
old covenant type and shadow when they went across through the Red Sea. Baptism, water baptism. Huh? <laughs> and then it closed up behind them. The second area that we're looking to succeed or to uh, be whole in in this area of giving and receiving is the mental and emotional realms of our life. And this is a big one, folks. And this is a result of that fruit of the Spirit that we talked about last week from Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Or faith, meekness, and temperance if you're in the King James. And then also it has to do with renewing of our mind, which we find in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul is begging us basically, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, based on everything Jesus has done on your behalf... Don't be transformed. Don't be conformed to the image of this world. Don't, don't be poured into the mold of this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. The metamorphosis, the metamorpho is the word that is like coming, changing from a, an earthbound, ugly worm to, to something that is beautiful, to the butterfly that flies and, and, uh, and is beautiful. Amen? So this is the same transformation process that he's talking about be renewed through the washing of the water of the word of God so we've had a lot of garbage in talking about our IT stuff and all the, the technology and how hard it is well your brain is a, the best computer in the world and it's been filled with lots of garbage all of your life and this is the only truth this word of God is the only truth along with the help of the Holy Spirit Who's what's ever going to overcome that? You can't stop your evil thoughts. You can't stop your evil ways. You can't stop the things that um, you. What you need is replacement therapy. God bless you. Is what I'm saying. You cannot stop your bad stinking thinking. You have to replace those thoughts with this Amen. word of God. That's how you do it. So that's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is talking about. The third thing I want to talk about today is the physical part of the law of giving and receiving. So physically, God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be whole. He wants total success. So the physical would include our physical healing and health, our walking and physical prosperity. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things and this where it says wish is the same as i will it's the will of god i will that you be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers what we need to know is that god wants us well we need to believe that it can't just be mental ascension we can't just know the scripture and repeat it um we need to know it we need to know that we are loved children of God and that he wants us well. Because a lot, of, a lot of teaching in the body of Christ, or what's called the body of Christ, is that God puts sickness on people to teach them stuff. And that's a lie of the devil. See, I didn't even, I didn't even say any bad words this time to you. <laughs> but I hate that teaching, that God would do something like that. Let me ask you this. Do you... Ever want your children sick? No. Would you put sickness on them to teach them a lesson? <laughs> no. Matter of fact, is there anything you wouldn't do to help them and 
prevent them from being sick, right? How, are you a better parent than God? No. God is love. You need the revelation that God not only wants you well, but that he didn't, he didn't do it. He's not responsible for it. People say that, and then they go to the doctor. It's like, well, if that's God's will and he did that to you, why are you rebelling against him and trying to get well? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, folks. You see what I'm saying? God is not the author of this stuff. Acts 10.38 said Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So sickness is, is of the devil, not of God. John 10.10, Jesus said the thief, the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. This, this wholeness that we're talking about, this total success in life. That's what God wants for you, and it's important. This is I'm talking about why the, the reasons why Christians are sick. I mean, we're just scratching at the surface here, but if the truth be known and the truth be believed, we wouldn't be. So we need to understand first, we need to have a revelation, a greater revelation of, of, of the fact that God loves us and that he wants us well. And that he's not the one who has made us sick or allowed it or any of those weird doctrines that are out there. But he wants us well and he's a good, good father. And the next thing we need to know is that Jesus paid for our healing on his body on the cross. Isaiah 53, 5 and, and 1 Peter 2, 24. So you have the same scriptures in the Old and New Testament that says, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. And that same word healed is sozo for saved, delivered, forgiven, and healed physically. Amen. Yeah. He paid not just for some sicknesses, but for every sickness. <laughs> Every disease, everything that can come against you, and every time. Huh? John 10 10, like I said, he said that he came to give us life, and that is it, not just eternal life in heaven, but life of, of health and wholeness and success while we're here so that we can reproduce after our own kind. Uh, well, I don't want to say this because it'll throw somebody off. I, I was gonna say, he doesn't want an orchard full of sick apple trees trying to reproduce. The reason I paused is because that's a good, another thing, and I'll, 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 I'll get to that in, a, in another teaching. But listen to me. You don't have to be well, perfectly healthy and whole already for you to heal others. Hmm? Matter of fact, it doesn't matter what your physical condition is, as long as your spiritual condition is saved. Jesus said, this, this, those who believe in me, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He didn't say they might. 
Somebody's going to benefit from that today. <laughs> Luke 5, 12 and 13. There was a, a leper. And before this word was written, all he had to go by was the old covenant where they, they sort of did. Do good, get good. Do bad, get beat. But this leper told Jesus, or he asked Jesus, he said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. You can heal me. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man and he said, I'm willing. Be healed. Be cleansed. What does that do for us? It set a precedent. Because God is no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you. So there you go. You find that in the word. You say you did it for him, Lord. I need the same thing. I'm claiming it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And just call it good. And then watch the manifestation as you stand in faith, believing, and you don't get back on the phone and say, well, I prayed, but I'm still sick as a dog. You see, you're sowing the wrong kind of seed, and it's working against you got a spiritual tug of war going on with your faith and unbelief okay this isn't a criticism this is trying to help us because god wants you not only to receive the help the healing everywhere you heard the empowerment by his promises his love and his prosperity but he wants you to go help others with that same help doesn't he all right so god's creating disciples So why are people sick? If all this is true, if God wants you well, Jesus paid the price for it all, well, the devil is defeated, but he's not dead. He's been stripped of all his power and authority, but he's still a liar and deceiver, and that's what he does in the minds of believers and the whole world. First Peter, verse 5, I mean, chapter 5, verse 8, says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. First of all, that implies that he can't devour just anyone. And it says like, it doesn't say he is a roaring lion. We have a lion who is our king, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and that's Jesus. One of the reasons he tries to make people think that God's the one putting sickness on them. He's trying to act like he's that, that lion, huh? But he goes around like a roaring lion. Well, listen, you know much about lions? <laughs> the... Male lions are really lazy. They sleep about 20 hours a day. And uh, the lionesses are the ones that do the hunting. And the really old lions are the ones that roar the loudest. They're really lazy. They can't even hunt anymore. So what they do is they lay at one end of a pass or something and really where they want them is at the other end where all the lionesses are waiting the, to, to cap, capture them and kill them. And when everything is in place, they just lay there on their 
lazy tails and they roar as loud as they can. And then the gazelle or whatever it is, the zebras, they run from the roar into the mouths of the lionesses who are waiting there to kill them. So here's what I want to tell you today. Run to the roar. <laughs> you run to that roar. Don't run from it. And you roar back. You have the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. You have the whole kingdom of God and the armies of God behind you. The angels of God ready to fight with you and for you. The Holy Spirit of God who's come to you to come alongside you and take a hold together with you against everything that confronts you in this life. All the armor of God, God's armor himself has been given to you in Ephesians chapter 6. The only thing that's not protected is your back. You need to learn what your identity is and what your authority and power is in Christ and all that he died to provide you with. When we get to heaven, one of the biggest, the first thing we're going to say, oh, oh, oh. I had all that. I could have done that. I didn't have to put up with, I, whoa. Jesus is going to wipe those tears away, you <laughs> see? You just need to know who you are and what you have. You just need to say thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have provided the healing for me already. I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. See, the power isn't in your perfect prayer. Jesus said hypocrites love to pray. <laughs> Standing at the street corners and they're flowing um, for people to see and to hear them, you see. Nothing against prayer. <laughs> don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> but I'm telling you that you don't have to be a, a perfect prayer. Just Every one of you can get your point across and then just the power is in the name of Jesus. There's your authority and then so be it or let it, let it be or let it be to me as I have spoken in Jesus' name is the amen. Amen. So if you can get your point across in Jesus' name and amen and you go, there you go. You're very powerful, more than you know. God is a creative being. Everything you say and do and think is creating. Everything is in seed form, and you have to see it that way. Because your enemy, the devil, he can't, he's never created anything ever. He knows that you are a creative being just like your Father in heaven, and that you have authority to create. And if he can deceive you, he'll get you to do a little creating for him. Don't do it. And if you have, go back to your father and pray for crop failure for that bad seed you sow. It's one of our benefits. Amen. The other thing is we need to not let our experiences, our reasoning, our understanding, that's the understanding or the wisdom of the world, not the wisdom of God, but our 
own understanding be more influential to us than God's word or his promises. And this is what happens so many times because we, we see people that don't get well. We pray for somebody and nothing happens. Or we see some bad things happen and we start to get a little hard in our heart. We start to get a little beat down and, and just give up. We start reasoning, well, this didn't work last time, so it's not going to work. Well, I don't, we don't know everything. And I don't know the answers to all the reasons. Why sometimes it looks like someone's in faith and they still, they still pass. Believing. Well, listen, I'd rather die believing. Yes, Because it's easier to die than to live, folks, if you know Jesus. But we have work to do here. And Jesus said, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. So just because one didn't, don't let that make you a new doctrine. This is how theology, bad theology develops, you see. You need to keep on going. Jesus said it, that settles it. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep sowing seed. I'm going to keep telling people what Jesus has done for me. I'm going to lay hands on the sick, and they are going to recover. Amen. I'm not going to settle for less. I'm going to send my faith out to do what God has said it would accomplish, and his word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it was purposed to do. So you need to keep praying for people's healing, for their salvation, for their deliverance. Amen. Amen. No matter what we've experienced, let the word of God form our opinions and mindsets. And don't try to reason God. That's where people get into so much trouble and they can educate themselves right out of their faith. Don't be blinded Sometimes people lose spiritual sight. Don't be blinded to the truth of what Jesus provided through the atonement. We need to, you know, when we take communion next week, there's a scripture there that says we need to discern the Lord's body. Hmm? We need to learn. We need to, and it says because failure to discern the Lord's body, many are weak and sleep or die prematurely. What that just means is that you need to discern, you need to see Jesus there on that cross with all of your sickness, all of your disease, all of your illnesses, all of your emotional distraught and pain and torment and all the griefs and sorrows of this life. He bore our griefs, that's our sicknesses. He bore our sorrows, that's our pains. He bore our sins, that's all of our transgressions. He bore our iniquities, that's all of the, the generational curses that people say you have. You don't if you're in Christ. He bore the curse. Our anxiety, our stress, our mental problems. Jesus took it all on his body on the cross and you need to see all your junk with him on that cross because once he was taken down and put into the tomb, he got up without it. And now you are in him. Amen. Amen. By his stripes you were healed. I'm going to finish there. But I'll just mention the, uh, the others. He wants us to prosper socially. That's in our relationship, folks. 
There are two beams on the cross. One's vertical, one's horizontal. You can't really claim that that vertical relationship with you and God is good if these aren't. But if you'll get right with that vertical relationship, all of these others, horizontal ones, will straighten out too. The next thing is with your family, specifically your marriage, if you are married. But your marriage is a reflection of the prosperity of both parties. How prosperous you are in God as individuals will determine how prosperous your marriage is. This is going to help somebody. It takes two individuals who love God, who abide in His Word, who remain in and agree with and apply His Word to their own lives and are obedient to Him to make a truly prosperous marriage. Counseling may be okay, um, but it just deals with behavior modification, which can be good in some, some uh, instances, especially in the short term. But it's on the surface, superficial stuff, you know? Stop yelling at her. Stop hitting him. <laughs> but, 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 you know, don't, don't, don't keep him or, or her starved physically and emotionally while you're waiting to reach your goals of your weight. Or, you know, when I don't have so much stress or when I don't have this going on in my life. You know, after we get these kids raised, and then it becomes after we get these grandkids raised. And then the next thing you know, you look around and it's, and you've missed your marriage. What you need to realize and, and take to God and realize is that he's powerful right where you are, right when you are. Amen? Amen. It's about wholeness. It's about wholeness in every area of our lives. The last one I'm going to mention, and then we're going to end, is, is financial. And if all the other things, you see, because that's where you thought it would be about. That's where a lot of ministers and conferences and churches teach, and that's all they teach about is the financial aspect of that law of giving and receiving. You sow, and then you'll reap a harvest, a hundredfold return. Well, listen, the financial is just part of it. If all those other five things I mentioned are in order, so will your finances. Pray about that and you're going to see what I'm saying. True prosperity in all the other areas we talked about will produce an environment for financial prosperity in your lives as well. And I can tell you this. God is against everything that produces poverty. Poverty is a part of the curse. It is not from God. And God is against everything that produces poverty in the lives of believers. So true biblical prosperity, the message for that isn't about the flesh, pointing you to the flesh, the things of the flesh and materialism. God doesn't mind you having things. He just doesn't want you having them having you. Amen. It's about wholeness. 
It's all about wholeness. And some of the causes of poverty, I said he hates everything that causes poverty. Some of the causes of poverty that God hates are ignorance, for one thing. Remember, my people are perishing for lack of knowledge. And I don't mean ignorance in a, like, calling you an ugly name. I'm not calling you by anything. I'm just saying we're ignorant of some of the truth of God's laws and principles regarding those laws. And so we're ignorant in some areas. And we can, we can learn. He can teach us. And he wants to. Amen. And we can make those truths our own. Another is injustice. He hates dishonest scales. He hates dishonest elections. He hates, he hates liars. Huh? And the last thing I'll mention is laziness. There is not one good thing God ever says in his word about laziness. When he put Adam in the garden, he gave him work to do. And it, that was a blessing. And it still is a blessing to be able to. God says, I will bless everything you put your hands to. It's hard to, you know, you're not putting your hands to a government check. That old lion. Yeah. And listen, I'm not against anyone receiving help. All these, let me, because I said he, he can't, you know, he bless a government check. I don't mean that all of the programs that are in place are there for good reasons, for the most part. They're just abusives, abuses on a large scale. That's all I'm saying. If, if someone needs that for the right reasons and they're getting good good I always say all the all the government programs to help people wouldn't even be necessary if the church was doing everything that it's supposed to do so I'm not against anyone I don't want anyone suffering or, or you know so just just take that and, and know that I love you and I don't mean anything bad but God said I'll, I'll bless everything thank you I love you and I'll bless everything that you put your hands to and uh, and in also it's in the New Testament. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament says if you don't, if you won't work, you don't eat. And it doesn't say if you can't work. Huh? If you can't work, he told us to take care of the poor and the widows and the orphans and stuff. Amen. So a true, a, a true giver, folks, just to end, identifies with the heart of God, the love of God, because God is a giver. Amen. And he reproduced children after his own kind. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So all you got to do is look at the life of Jesus. Another time I'll go over the last uh, few laws that I want to cover with you, but uh, the law of active pursuit is a big one. That's just regarding our perseverance, you know, putting your hands to the plow and not looking back. Like that song that we sang earlier, I've decided to, to follow Jesus. And then... Um, that just means that your life is going to follow your focus. And so easy to get out of focus and distracted these days. I, I see it. So many distractions. And anything that takes you from, from time with the Lord, from the daily manna, the word of God, which is your daily spiritual food. Not, I already know that. That's very dangerous. And if you're not growing toward God, you're growing away from him, folks. And then there's the law of faith. My, my people shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The law of sin and death. And then finally the law of love that Jesus talked about. So we're going to end there today. I love you all. And uh, a lot. A lot.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, your grace and mercy. Lord, we thank you for teaching us about all the laws uh, that you have in place for our benefit and all the principles that you have put in place to, to help us to understand and to cooperate with them so that we may be blessed and whole and prosperous in every area of our lives. We just love you for it, Lord, and we thank you for making us whole and helping us to walk in victory in every area of our lives. Lord, we want to receive all of this help from you so that we can go and help others with the same help we receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.